Hey guys, welcome to the Purpose Podcast. We are thrilled uh, that you are with us. I'm here with my awesome wife, Rachel, who I love you. I love you so much. I think you're beautiful today. If you're not on YouTube, you're missing out. She looks beautiful today. She's my favorite. But we are so glad that you are with us uh, where we are desperate. I'm telling you, we are desperate uh, that you walk in your purpose, uh, which your purpose is to win the world. Uh, that's what Jesus told us. It's very clear. And so it, it just, we have just a insatiable desire to equip you to do that, to walk in it and to walk with you as you do it. So today we have a exciting topic, a little bit of a scary topic, um, a little bit of a confusing topic, uh, all the things. And so as you get confused with us, inspired with us, challenged with us, we want to encourage you to share um, with with friends, talk about it with a group. Uh, this is going to be one where you can really challenge yourself and others. And so uh, maybe this is something you want to try some of these things together, uh, things like that. But either way, so, uh, but we want to encourage you, uh, share this, like this, comment on it. We want to talk, we want to bring up questions that people had. I think this one, uh, the last two, the one on prayer, and then this time on power, I think that these will be ones that spur questions or also testimonies. Mm-hmm. Which we love. Revelation twelve eleven says we overcome the the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So also, if you have testimony on these things, uh, there was an awesome one on the um, on the Pride Month when we did mm-hmm. in the reels, the comments. Um, there's an unbelievable testimony in there. I think, so good. gosh, I think it'll just inspire the mess out of you. Uh, but we're talking about we're talking about power, uh, power, and so just want to start out again with testimonies and stories, but. Um, whenever you think about, babe, um, a story about the power of God in your personal life or even maybe one that you've heard about, right, um, that just really inspires you, pushes you, like, to desire more, what what comes to mind? What's a testimony or story that comes to mind for you? Um, well, other than River's resurrection, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, I, I was sick for my... I had stomach issues literally right after we got married, are you going to reference River's Resurrection and yeah, then just I, move on from well, it? Well, I feel like we've told the story. I don't think we've ever told a story on here, but if there's one person that you just <laughs> cliffhangered like that, hey, <laughs> we, we'll tell a story in there. Go ahead, go ahead with your, are you talking about when it, the lemon, your body falling apart? Yeah, my body was falling apart. Yeah. I, before she tells us, her dad sold me a lemon, okay? <laughs> I asked her dad if I could marry her, and he was like, oh, yeah, sure. I didn't realize. He, he played it out. Like, oh, no, please don't marry her. And I'm like, oh, she's my daughter. And then I bought I bought her. We we get married, and then her body falls apart, all right? She sold, he, I was sick, okay? Greg, Greg sold me a lemon, I okay? Got, her we, stomach totally went bad we on We went on a cruise after we got married. It was a Christmas cruise, and I came back. With an intestinal bacterial infection, <laughs> probably because I ate some stuff in off of one of those islands. Um, I was being brave. Well, they just leave seafood. Out. Oh, <laughs> I like an island isn't like a stop. Remember, like I w- I ate something off of a stop. Um, I think it was I don't know. It's probably Cancun. It was good. It was good. I never ate anything that tastes bad. Anyway, it really messed me up. I was real sick. Um, and Luckily, I, I was very empathetic. He was not. We could tell a story about that later. He was terrible. Um, terrible seems like a aggressive. You're being a baby. <laughs> I was in the ER. I'm in the ER. And we're just going to get STMI Let's here. Let's talk about Let's it. Let's do it. Let's I talk about it. I am pooping blood. Ooh, you went there. It's bad. Gross. I'm really sick. In the ER. And my You guys can look at the super recording 
And at three minutes and 50 seconds is when everybody stopped listening. It's because she referenced poopy blood. So. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm at the ER and they asked me what my pain level is. Oh, yeah. Tell them. I'm hurting really bad. It's a 10. When they're like, which smiley face is you? I'm like, that's my smiley face. Ladies and gentlemen, she said, I'm she crying. Said a 10. It's hurting so bad. I've been vomiting for hours. Like, I am I can so. Barely, I can barely sleep through it. I'm so very sick. And Zach says, I'd say a 10. They'd have to cut my leg off. Well, that, babe, you're not telling it right. She says it's a 10. I obviously, I don't know what you would call it. What would you call like a. Yeah, uh, you p- a puh, a puh. side an eye roll. And eye the, roll. And the doctor leaves, and she heard my my whatever my slough, and she's like, "What?" And uh, I wasn't gonna say anything, but she's being aggressive with me, <laughs> uh, and she asks why I said that, and I was like, "I feel like I'd have to have my leg cut off uh, to say a ten. But here's the issue: is again, we how long have we been married? Oh, six months. Haven't been married very long. I didn't realize. Like at the Stevens household, if you were hurt, you just did you just, you just didn't say anything. You just you just went in your room, and if you died, you died. Those kind of <laughs> situation, <laughs> and they would know the smell. They would quarantine the room or whatever. Um, I didn't realize that's not what happened at the Christensen household. No, my so, mom took so care not, of us. Not, not mom, mummy is what I call her in this moment. Cheryl, my mother-in-law, who's a saint, she walks in. And literally, no joke, I'm sitting there, like, I'm so, because we're, it's like in the middle of the night on no, a Saturday night. it's very night. early morning, so like, Saturday. Like, I've got, like I got to go to church the, the next day, I'm thinking, whatever. And uh, and, I, and and Cheryl opens the door, and uh, and as soon as she opens the door, and she sees her her big girl baby laying in, laying in, the, laying in the bed, they both start crying, and Cheryl goes and gets in bed with Rachel. I was very, very sick. And that's when I realized, oh, this is the issue. Like, she, this was what she expected I'd me to do. I'd never been this sick in my life. She expected me to cry and expected I me... I didn't expect you to cry. I just expect you to be nice. Well, it was a tummy ache, Rachel. <laughs> if you're not watching YouTube, I'm getting the face. <laughs> We'll have a conversation off of the microphone. Okay, so you brought this up. <laughs> anyway, I've had a lot of belly issues for a long time, ever since I got married. Greg sold so me a lemon and I stand talk by about it. about where the fault lies. <laughs> if I hadn't got married, maybe my belly would never hurt. Anyway, so for 10 years, for a decade, I've been sick. Um, and we have we talked to some doctors. I've, I've been like scoped, all kinds of things. And... Um, <laughs> she didn't even stay home when she she had a colonoscopy. Had, yeah, she went to her an mom's house to get ready for it. At the same time, yeah. I just went to my mom's to prep. <laughs> um, <laughs> those of you who've had one, you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, um, I and then I get pregnant right after, and I have a terribly. I was just sick my whole pregnancy. It was a nightmare that whole first year. Anyway, some of our friends who are more proper than we are. They give me like a talking to after every podcast. Whenever they they say I go too far, I'm right now. I'm just thinking about all the people. Oh, I know. To me about this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they can text you. Oh yeah. Anyway, so I'm sick off and on all the time, basically for ten years. So I and there was no rhyme or reason to it. I would just my stomach would just hurt. I mean, I remember us driving home from your parents' house one night, and I'm like, so at this point we have two kids, and I'm just sobbing, crying. My stomach is just hurting so bad. And there was no relief. It didn't matter what I did. 
And um, so we had started, um, I had tried a bunch of things through regular prescriptions, all kinds of things, saw no shift and change. So I had seen a functional medicine doctor, so I was working through some stuff that way. And um, at the time, Zach's um, armor bearer, who prays for him regularly, he sends me a text at 6.30 in the morning. He never texts me. And he said, hey, I was praying for you and um, you and Zach, and and God just told me that your um, – <clears throat> your stomach issues are not physical. They're spiritual. It's a spirit of anxiety and you, you, you need to pray it off. Like you need to go and be with the Lord and be delivered of it. Like God's going to deliver you of it. And so six 30 in the morning, on like a Friday and I just walk straight downstairs. Nobody's up yet. And I pick up my journal and I woke up with a stomach ache, which I often did. And, um, I just, prayed nothing special I prayed like what we usually do at freedom conference if you've ever been to a freedom conference where I just said hey you don't have any legal right or authority in my life just I I renounce anxiety mm. and I I've been given a spirit of peace and a sound mind it's my right as a daughter of the king and I have like the journal entry still somewhere um and literally immediately my stomach stopped hurting so I obviously tested it because I want yeah, this is the if, I, I know if you were gonna tell this this part yeah, I tested it. Just to make sure. Tested it. Go well, ahead, I tested, tested it. it. I ate waffles. No bellyache. I ate something else. No bellyache. And I was like, "This is the I real deal." I don't condone that part. I don't condone that part. The other part about praying, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for. I was testing it, and um, I had not had McDonald's in a long time. But I figure if you're going to test your stomach, <laughs> McDonald's is the way to go. And I did it. No bellyache. Mm. It has been, I mean, incredible. I wish that I didn't want McDonald's. Oh, I know. I haven't eaten McDonald's in years. I would still go get French fries right now. You that ever, was had, last you ever had Taco Bell? I don't, I do. Well, you remember I was pregnant with JL? That is what would soothe my stomach. I would be like throwing up, throwing up. That's how up. classy Rachel is. <laughs> when she had a stomach aches, I would go get her a cheesy uh, Crunch no, Wrap okay. Supreme <laughs> with... Nacho cheese and nacho no, cheese. No, no, nacho shredded cheese. cheese and nacho. Shredded cheese. Anyway, people are going to stop listening. Okay, so, but let me get, let me tell you the story that Rachel just referenced like it was no big deal and moved on, uh, which is important for uh, the discussion. So, again, we're talking about power. And uh, in 2017, my word for the year was spirit led. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I, I'm really digging in, talking about that. Rachel and I are married. And then uh, at this point, we had JL, our daughter, and uh, we were trying to have another baby. And Rachel, Rachel and I were super blessed. We haven't been through, I would say, a bunch of trauma growing up and stuff like that. Uh, however, we started having these miscarriages, uh, which I, it, it, is, it was and is traumatic. It's super hard. And so we had those miscarriages. And then uh, we'd had two uh, up to that point. And then, uh, and then Rachel's pregnant. And then we had, we had this big, we had this big student uh, conference called Fusion. God moved in these crazy ways. The content was around being spirit led. Just guess what God was doing in my heart. We saw these just amazing things happen. And then uh, we go home that Sunday, and uh, I'm so inspired. Like I'm working on kind of this like little book thing that I was doing. I'm just working at the table, and I can hear Rachel start crying from the bathroom. And uh, I run in there, and uh, she's having a, a miscarriage. And um, and I sit on the I sit on the tub on the edge of the tub and I'm just holding her hand and and she just weeping crying can't believe this happened again it's be the third time and and I just start praying 
And um, it's like obligatory prayer. It's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, just kind, of, just kind of the, mm-hmm. you know, just praying. And then, uh, and I just feel this, I just feel this power well up in me. And it was, and and I just felt this inside me, just saying, pray for restoration of those cells. Pray for restoration of everything that's been. Uh, I'm sorry for the. Well, we've already been over the line of discretion sure. here, but like everything's been bled out. God, you create it, you restore it. God, and I just and I just start just going to war. Uh, in prayer, asking the Lord to move. And Rachel has way more faith than I do. Uh, usually when we pray for people, I, I, I ask Rachel to pray, and I listen to what the Holy Spirit has. Like I, I follow Rachel's lead a lot in those, in those scenarios. But in this specific one, uh, you know, Rachel is so hurt physically and emotionally, mm-hmm. um, and she's telling me while I'm praying, hey, I'm, I, I'm having a miscarriage. I know this was happening. God's not going to do that. And this is when I've it, already asked the Lord to restore. Right, um, I had just had another one a few months before, and I asked God to resurrect that baby, and He didn't. Yeah, and I I remember um, this, and this is weird. I'm I'm a weird person, as you can tell by the podcast. We're we're not the most normal people, but what I'm about to say happened is weird even for me. Uh, there was a song that was big. We were singing, um, I don't know, the anthem or something like that. It was a, it was about the Apostles' Creed. Yeah, it says, I, yeah, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. Mm-hmm. I believe in the Holy Spirit. You're three in one. Like I like, just had this kind of chorus in my mind, and I'm just singing it. And I, I I know I'm making Rachel mad, and because I just I just I know that God just God just healed that baby. God just resurrected that baby. Um, even though all, there's a ton of evidence that that's not the case. And I could tell Rachel was getting really mad at me. And she's calling to schedule a DNC. And just to let you know the severity, that's where they go and clean out mm-hmm. all of the remains of what was your baby out of your body. And and Rachel is furious at me. And I just asked her, because the DNC is the next day. And I said, Hey, can you just can you just not be mad at me until we until like the we see that the baby is gone? Um, and she agreed, but she didn't really agree because she stayed mad at me. I remember I woke up the next morning. I'm walking on the treadmill. My friend Jay Piper comes in. I'm singing that song on the treadmill. like, hey, what's going on? And I tell him about it. We've been friends. We know it's about the miscarriages, and this is happening. And he just can't believe it. I'm like, dude, I just know. I just know. And then we go to the doctor, and they start to do the ultrasound. It was, you know, one where they're kind of they're, they're inside, and, and there's blood. You know, mm-hmm. so like it wasn't a figment of imagination. Like there's blood, like there's blood deep inside of Rachel, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm over in the corner singing that song, like just an absolute weirdo, just singing. You know, I believe in Christ, God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit. They're three in one. I just believe it. I believe you. I believe it. And um, and you know, I don't know. They're probably looking for 10, 15 seconds, which feels like an eternity. They can't find a heartbeat. And then it feels like, in my mind, how I remember it, just like, like over in the corner, they find this little heartbeat going. Um, and uh, we now know him as Elisha River Stevens, uh, who's just the sweetest little boy. Um, but it was just a, this crazy moment, which wasn't the story I was going to share, uh, but it is, it is one of my absolute favorites. And uh, that's why his name is Elisha River, you know, mm-hmm. the, the river of the Holy Spirit that brings life wherever it goes out of, uh, out of Isaiah uh, 47, and then Elisha, who uh, had a Ezekiel double... Ezekiel 47. Uh, yes, yeah, thank you. And then uh, uh, Elisha, who uh, would, did double the miracles of Elijah. So um, we're talking today about power, mm-hmm. and um, and we believe it, uh, that God is a miracle-working God. We believe that uh, the world is in desperate need 
of believers who uh, need to walk in power. And we feel like, I think by and large, we feel pretty powerless. And so, again, just, Rach, what are your thoughts on why believers don't walk in power? Why why do we not see more power in our lives? Well, I would... um... I would say believers are just as desperate for it as non-believers. We need it just as much. You know, we're looking for, I think there's moments of doubt that people wrestle with and to have, hey, when I, you know, whether that's your prayer language or going back to testimonies or experiences in your life where you can lean on the faithfulness of God, even in the moment you're walking through. But um, more than any, like to see the gospel reach the ends of the earth, and um, that for us to fulfill the Great Commission, we need power. In and out of our own strength, you're not going to be able, like, I mean, we talk about the the power of God, the things that flow out of you as a result of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, um, self-control. Those are not things that you're going to operate in all the time without some power. Mm-hmm. And um, it feels like striving 24-7-365 when you're living by your own strength and by your own effort yeah. versus the power of God. Right. Yeah, and and I, I re- just to build off that, I think that there's a place where we can get power and there's a place where there especially no supernatural power. Mm-hmm. And the question is, where do we live the majority of our life? Where do we spend our time thinking, um, praying, focusing, educating? Like last uh, the last podcast... I, I said, hey, if you spend more time scrolling than you do praying, then your life's out of balance. Mm-hmm. And so, do we know more sports stats than we know scripture? Like, do like you know what I'm saying? Like, do like what what what's the foundation of where you're at? And that's not to bring shame; it's to bring accountability. If these are the things we say we want, then we have to, with a realistic view, not not clouded in shame, but in, hey, there's a more yeah. conviction. But I, I I don't even know that it's it's accountability yet. I think that there's a good amount of people that they, they don't know. Like sure. The, 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 the only version of Christianity they've seen is an add-on to the life that you're already living. Right. And it's not that. you know, no, Christi- it changes your entire life. No, Christianity, like Christianity, a, a Christian, like a somebody who's made Jesus the Lord of their life, Everything else is, is subservient to that. And, but whenever we get that out of balance and we live in idolatry to ourselves or to our family or to our hobbies or whatever it might be, and we realize, gosh, I don't live in any power, right? I, don't, I, I just don't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I think part of it is also our desire. Like, do we, is that what we want? And so <clears throat> to give you an example, uh, Rach and I recently were counseling with uh, a, a young married couple who we love a lot. And there, there's been some issues in their their marriage, and we were processing through that, right? And uh, they came, and we spent probably spent two hours when we were there. Mm-hmm. You know, they were at our house till nine o'clock, and how we had dinner and chatted and whatever. But the next morning, I was just so bothered by it. I was out. I, I just wasn't happy with the time, and uh, I was like, "Why is that?" I felt very dissatisfied. With the time. And I was like, why is that, Lord? Was I disobedient? How was I disobedient? I felt like I was disobedient somehow. And I was asking, Lord, how was I disobedient? And um, they came to us with a problem. And uh, a problem that I've faced in the past, which is pornography, that I've, I've, I've dealt with in the past. 
And I realized that we talked to him and we gave him our story and we did this stuff and we never gave an opportunity for the Lord to move in power mm-hmm. in their marriage. Like we prayed at the end, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, it, it wasn't anything they did. But like, no, and like you would have watched, nothing was dishonoring. It was full of compassion and love, and here's tools. And but there wasn't like a focus or a desire mm-hmm. consciously to see God move in power, right? And so, like, I, I really do think a lot of people, a lot of believers, like when we think about hey, power, which we're going to talk, we'll, we'll talk very specifically five reasons why we're not moving in power, but just really quickly. I'd like to build a biblical foundation that we are supposed to live in power. You know, in Acts one eight, it says, you know, but again, a lot of this will, you'll a lot of this is going to be wrapped up in language on the Holy Spirit and stuff like that. Well, it's because in Acts one eight, right before Jesus ascends to heaven, he says, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, mm-hmm. and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." So we've been given a, a power in the Holy Spirit. And if you want to learn more about uh, Him. The Holy Spirit. You can read Jesus has a great discussion around him uh, in uh, John sixteen and seventeen in his Last Supper with the disciples. Um, but again, I, and I, I do want to make a very specific point around the Holy Spirit in our life. But um, could you just give us, Rachel, just to bring some uh, some maybe familiarity or clarity around the Holy Spirit? Um, what's it been like for you? You weren't raised, neither was I, with a real focus or intentionality around mm-hmm. walking in step with the Holy Spirit and in, in power. What, um, what's been your uh, journey, right, around, the, around walking in unity with, led by the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So you, when you say, I'm, I'm choosing to follow Jesus, Jesus is um, part of the Trinity. You have God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, the Messiah, the Christ, and then you have the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is literally the Spirit of God that you have total access to and fill your body as a temple. And so we, the Bible uses the illustration of filling a building and so filling you with the power of the Holy, with, with the Holy Spirit, with God inside of you, which is why it's so important. Um, a lot of these things that we talk about um, dishonor God and um, separate us from the power that he has for us. And so for me, um, a lot of my education about the Holy Spirit came in that year, in 2017, I had had experiences. I didn't know that that's what it was um, because we just never, we never spoke about him. He, we talked about God. Well, God is speaking to me or, hey, I just, you know, I felt God or whatever, but we never called him Holy Spirit. And so in 2017, when, when you started working through some of the Spirit-led stuff was when I gathered um, – experience with that really for language for the first time. I think language is really helpful for me in particular. Language is very helpful. And um, that was when, that was the year that River was resurrected. And it was, um, and I had seen God do stuff like that before, like not resurrections, but I'd seen healings and things before. So I knew that God was powerful. But when it comes to living by the spirit, that's the year um, I got my prayer language. And I think this is the a real microcosm of, you know, when we, there is a fear a little bit of like surrendering total control. And so, so much of our life had already been given away. We worked for the church, you know, you work for the church, I've seen home, but we partnered together in ministry and 
Um, I just felt like God already had everything. I'd lived a set apart life. And there was this space where they talked about having a prayer language. Some people use the the term tongues, but prayer language is more precise. And um, I was like, well, I just, the Lord told me, like, I just knew the Lord told me, Hey, I could have a, a prayer language for me. And I was like, that's great. Um, he's like, you just have to surrender, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll give you that. And I was like, I'm just not surrendering anymore. I'm just kind of done. Like I've, I'm stressed out all the time about losing my baby and, um, all of the things that I've walked through. I've just, I'm, I'm tired of surrendering more. I, I think, feel like I've given you enough and I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side of this. If I do like, what am I going to be a crazy person? And I mean, I'm all right. We're enough. I don't need any more help. And I didn't want, I was so afraid of the unknown that I relented. I just delayed. And um, we went to, it's right before River was born. We went to a service at a church. Um, and they, at the end of the service, they were, uh, the pastor got up and he just encouraged people, hey, if you have a prayer language, I want you to pray in your prayer language. But um, to seal whatever the Holy Spirit has done in your heart. And everybody, I knew what it was. I had heard it kind of just um, seldom in my life. And so there are people around me and I was just sitting there and I was like, well, that's just kind of weird. And, you know, there there's some worship music playing. And um, I just remember telling God, like, okay, if this is real, then I'll, I relent. And I just, um, I remember just opening my mouth and these, like it wasn't like I was out of control or anything like that, but my my mouth was making sounds that I I had not made before, and um, words I did not understand. And I remember what it talks about, like having a prayer language, and so what that means is like edifying for your walk with Christ. And it was just this confirmation of what God had for me, and that He loved me and He saw me. And we had communion, and I. So one of the ways that I live by the Holy Spirit is I practice. Um, just praying in the spirit often um, and stepping into just asking him, has that evolved? And as I learned more and as I grew, we did freedom um, content. And as I gained understanding, I was able to just start taking moments where I would walk in and sort of say, hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want here right now? Not what do I think would be good? Not what is strategic, not what is palatable to the room, what is it that you have and what do you want me to say and how do you want me to respond? And that would be, so when you like, hey, my journey was really, I had experiences with God and I just didn't know what they were, like who it was, but it was the Holy Spirit. And then continuing to submit to his leading and what he has for me has allowed me to gain greater intimacy and greater trust. Because every time that I'm afraid or I don't know what's on the other side of taking that step of faith, God's faithfulness is um, always returned a hundredfold. Yeah, and I, and I don't know where everybody is on power and the Holy Spirit, but it is, it's, so, it's too biblical to ignore. And so uh, a practice that Dad gave me when I was younger, I remember he asked me to read the book of Acts and circle every time that the word uh, Holy Spirit was used. Mm. And so I think it may be a good practice for people as you walk through. And again, really early on, you're going to see Acts 1-8, you know, and same, you can do the same thing in Romans too, but in Acts 1-8, you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The Holy Spirit is where that power comes from for us to walk here and now. That's why Jesus actually said, it's better if I go away uh, and, and for him to come. But I think it's important for us to know, especially 
us believing and knowing biblically that your purpose is to win your world. And I think this is this would be if you ask me, hey, what's the number one reason that people don't walk in power? You talk about like a reliance, an understanding, a humility, which I think mm-hmm. that's spot on and and super necessary. But I think for what I would say, the reason that uh, that we don't see a uh, a power in Christians in our in our lives is because of a, a, and again I'm gonna sound like a uh, you know beat a dead horse here, but it's a, it's a lack of a focus on the gospel. And so in Acts one eight it says that you receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. And so the Holy Spirit is a witness. Mm-hmm. He's a third part of of the Trinity of the Godhead, and He is a witness. And so almost every time you see, like whenever the Holy Spirit came on, the power of God came on Samson, it was to be a witness to God's people and to the enemies that mm-hmm. God was real. Mm-hmm. And so like our lives being a witness, the Holy Spirit being there is a witness that God is real. Mm-hmm. Whether that's in power of miracles, whether that's in power of self-control, wherever that might be. Uh, but you see it very specifically in Acts 4.33 and it says, and with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and the abundant grace uh, that was upon them all. And so, like that great power comes whenever we are, whenever we are leaning over, uh, we're leaning over the place where we have the balance to hold ourselves up. Mm-hmm. I love something that A. W. Tozer said. A. W. Tozer said that without the Holy Spirit, ninety-five percent of what the early church was doing would have ceased. And people would have noticed. And what he's saying is, if the Holy Spirit isn't involved in what the church is doing today, mm. what you are doing today, would anybody notice? Yeah. Right? Or would it just be the same religious, Christianese, whatever? Um, and again, I, I think that we we've talked about this before. Like there's there is a uh, generations coming up are not less religious, right? There's a there's an increase in like real, yeah, and spirituality. Yeah, and and but in these religious practices like Wicca mm-hmm. and like these these other things like that, because people are looking for power. They're looking for, and they're not looking for power. Uh, I don't think like in a in a bad way. They're looking for a reality, not a theory. Mm-hmm. Christianity without power is a theory. Mm. I say I say straight up, Christianity without power is a theory. There's not a book like the Bible. There's nothing like it that has the backing of archaeology and unity and all the things that the Bible offers, which we talked about in the past. But without the power that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God bring, it's just a theory. So um, either way, and then some, something I want to just I, I want to touch on, um, and I'd love for you to talk, you know, mention it because when it comes to power, I think people feel very disqualified. But in Acts three twelve is whenever uh, Peter, they they heal someone at the gate no, called yeah, Beautiful. Yeah. And then everybody's freaking out. And Peter says something wild. He says, why do you stare like it's like like it's our own godliness that made this person well? And so like, but I think that we fall in that trap where we think that power is predicated on our obedience, that power is predicated on if we check all the boxes, mm-hmm. which I, I think we both struggle with performance, but how does that manifest in your life where, I mean, there's like there's a, there's a challenge that, um, that, you know, gosh, if I'm not good enough, I'm not going to get to walk in power. Well, I think that's a tension to manage and not a problem to solve most of the time. 
you, I mean, you are made righteous because of Christ, not because of your good works. And there's also, I mean, when Moses saw the Red Sea parted, he was obedient to what God asked him to do. He put the stick in the air. Now it was a very natural um, precursor to the supernatural movement. And so I would say uh, we need to reframe You've not been disqualified from experiencing the things of God. Oftentimes we have just been disobedient. So we haven't made a place for him to, to move. God has to just take a step and in this direction and we're confused why we're not seeing something. Well, you never, when God told you to lay hands on that person and pray that they would be healed, even if you looked foolish, we, we were disobedient. And so I, um, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about today was what one, some of the reasons we don't walk, mm-hmm. like what are some of the things that are keeping us from walking in power? One of those things is, is sin. Like sin just keeps us separated from God. And when we habitually sin, we come out from under God's authority and we come under really like the enemies, like Satan's. When you're under the authority of your flesh and your will, you are, it's not, well, I'm I'm just not serving God. No, like it's it. This is one of those situations where it is black or black and white. You know, it's one side or the other. You either are serving God or you're serving the enemy. Um, there's two kingdoms, and you've got and you get to choose which one you advance. And I know that that can feel um, like it can that can sting a little bit, but it's just that we would come under conviction of the there's more. But sin, especially habitual sin. Where we are, you know, I talked about just telling the Lord, hey, I'm, I refuse to surrender and submit. That was habitual sin mm-hmm. that I lived in where I refused to submit to the Lord. And no one else really knew what was going on except me in my own heart. But I think that that's important for us to recognize that we get to choose. Um, you can't exercise authority until you're under authority. So if you're... Uh, um, if you are under your own authority, well, your power is just not very good. You know, mm-hmm. there's only so much you have, you, you as somebody. But under Jesus' authority, like under the authority of heaven, mountains move and bodies are healed and resurrected and lives are changed and people are restored and children, and prodigals come home. But that's the authority you have to choose to live under. So it's not saying that if you don't do and operate perfect that you aren't going to experience the power of God. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying this is, this is a situation where we, you, I think it would be strange and um, it would be weird for us to say, God, I want all of your power, but I'm going to abuse your grace. Mm-hmm. And I would say that sometimes we find ourselves in those situations where really we're unwilling to deny ourselves and to follow what God has asked us to do. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's just a, it's an odd dichotomy where it is not it is not well, it's not really a dichotomy. Your your like power is not based on your godliness; it's based on Jesus's. However, we pursue a relationship with Jesus, and it leads us into situations where we get to operate in His power. And actually, mm-hmm. again, that's not just how we feel. We're not trying to make people feel good about. Now, being that, but Paul even says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. That's right. And so, again, like I would even tell you, if you want to see God's power, are you ever putting yourself in a situation that's beyond you? Mm-hmm. Like it's beyond what you can solve. It's mm-hmm. beyond what you can do. I think, and again, I know for myself, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, he who wins souls is wise right. out, of, out of Proverbs. And I think that we're scared to put ourselves in a situation that's over our head 
because we'll look foolish or we won't have the answers or we're going to mess something up. But I think that's where we're supposed to be. And so one other thing, and then, we'll, and then I know you already mentioned sin. We'll talk about the other four reasons why uh, we're just some of the reasons why we're not living in, in power. But I just want to make a, a just a distinction that that power is one of the major separators between Christianity and any other religion, right? Uh, and, and like the the fact that and this is, this is a faith thing. Like, do we have the faith that our God's a healer? Do we have the mm-hmm. faith that God can move these mountains, that He can heal, like that, that He can do these things? And then does our prayer life, to our conversations, because whenever you look, just to some for you to study yourself, if you look at Matthew 10 and Luke 10, whenever Jesus sends out the disciples and the 72 and He sends them out, He sends them out to do the miraculous. And so, and we've been sent out to do the same thing via Acts 1.8. And so power is a big deal. Power is an expectation. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why we don't want to walk in sin. But what's another reason why uh, we may not be walking in power? Well, another one is ignorance, which I think that today you you no longer, you're not going to have that because now you know. Today, that, well, yeah, this is not like comprehensive, but hope people are moved more into Yeah, you start asking questions and, and reading, getting into the Bible for yourself. But Hosea 4, 6 says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mm. And um, people are, we are, our faith is knocked down in an easy and, and fragile because we just don't know all the things that God can do. And I would say for our generation in particular, the biblical illiteracy that we walk in we are just unaware of the capacity of God. We don't mm-hmm. really know much about him. We like the idea of him, but really, hey, are you in the word? And have you learned about who God is and what he's capable of? That's right. And and just the, the ignorance part, can I just inspire you, hopefully, to st- take steps into this power? Whenever you look back, whenever which we've all heard about Dave and Goliath, but whenever you look back, Goliath, who was one man, you know, he was over nine feet tall. He was a, he was a moose, right? <laughs> but whenever you look back, the whole army was terrified. But David set a precedent whenever David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who would speak against the armies of the Lord? Who is this guy? And David went out and he cut his head off. David went out there and took care of business. Whenever you look, four giants were slain by David's men. Four. Because David has set a precedent that giants can't stand against God's power. And so if you would say, hey, there's no power in my family, there's no power in my prayer life, there's no power in my witness, someone in your vicinity has to set a precedent of God's power. It was David then, but it can be us now. And I, and I pray that we do that. I pray mm-hmm. the stories of river and your, your, your stomach and those kind of things, that mm-hmm. those are just things that maybe push people in the right direction, but especially, God, dads, husbands, Moms, wives, students at your school, there needs to be a precedent of power set. And so I, I, I do up today that you are not ignorant personally, but I pray that corporately in your friend group that there would be a lack of ignorance due to the power that we walk in mm-hmm. uh, and, and the faith that we have. So what's another reason? Um, well, another thing we've got to wrestle with is unbelief. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, well not believing in God. So we can say, hey, people are sinners. And so when you read, like, that's one of the sins when we don't believe that God is who he says he is. That's sin. And um, Romans 14, 23 says, but the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith and everything he does 
does not come from faith is sin. And the book of Hebrews also calls unbelief sin. You can find that in 3.12. So the unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, that that's sinful. So unbelief is so serious that Jesus didn't even do miracles in his own town Mm -hmm. because of their unbelief. And so it's not, I would say sometimes we don't see God move, not because he doesn't want to move, but I would say that we have um, a Nazareth um, experience where Jesus is in the room He said, I'm the Messiah. And they say, well, that's just Joseph's son. And so I would would think, and I have had these thoughts too, well, could God really do that? Because sometimes the situations are just Mm -hmm. insane. Or God has said no before, and we take his no as a lack of power and not simply as his response. I wish we would pray and believe as much as valor wants bars. (laughs) <laughs> our son Valor, he wants a bar. You tell him no. A little granola bar. You tell him no, and just a little bit longer. As soon as he thinks you may have forgotten, he's gonna go. But he's gonna come back with another bar. He'll ask the, again. The next day, he's gonna come back with another bar. He's not deterred because he heard no one time, uh, and he knows just because he got told no one time doesn't mean the next day after he hasn't had four that he doesn't get another one, <laughs> right? And so I, I hope that we would uh, up that, but. Just, just to build on that, another verse that's really powerful to me, Holy Spirit just laid on my heart while Rachel was talking. As far as unbelief goes, in James 1, mm-hmm. 7 and 8, it says that those of us who are double-minded should expect nothing. So the, the verse, but whenever you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave tossed by the sea, which who can identify with that? Mm-hmm. Who can identify? I know that I can. Blown, tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And again, I'm, I'm, this is not a condemnation thing, but at some point there has to be a stake driven in the ground, even if it's on a trial period. And I, I just think that the Lord is hes too gracious. He's so gracious to say, if you say, I'm going to drive the stake in the ground, and Lord, help me. I, 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 this morning in my quiet time, I'm saying, Lord, I have these thoughts and these desires, but I don't want them. Well, I we, want, we see it in Jesus' ministry. Lord, help my help unbelief. unbelief. That's right. And so I just, but unbelief is massive. Uh, and here, here's another one. And again, I, there's so many places where Rachel leads me, but another, this is one I think that she does so well at. Uh, something that holds us back from experiencing power is fear. Is fear, and I just I I hope that more of our students and young adults listen to this. Mm-hmm. But I like this one. The reason I bring you guys up in Second Timothy, who's a young adult leading a church in Ephesus, which is a big deal. But in Second Timothy one seven and eight, God has not given us a spirit of fear. If fear just paralyzes and keeps us from wielding the authority, um, uh, there, there's uh, actually comically one of our staffers is in here. Um, and I remember uh, they, they weren't married at the time, but her now husband was, was working with us, and, and we were in a prayer time, and the Holy Spirit just spoke something to me. And I walked up to him, and I, I'm not going to share his name because it's none of your business, but I remember walked up to him, and I just I told him something that didn't make any sense to me. Had, did, it didn't mean anything. Well, it meant something to me because the Holy Spirit spoke it to me, but I, I, I tell him that. And then we, the prayer time wraps up, and I go to the bathroom. And then after I get done peeing, I turn around, and he's standing there. Why does the ghost? He said, hey, why'd you say that? And I was like, man, I don't know. The Holy Spirit just uh, spoke that to me. And then he goes on to tell me all this stuff that had happened with his dad 
and the, these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But it, can I be honest? I was fearful walking up, saying something to somebody that made no sense to me. Uh, but it, it was a moment in his life where he realized, okay, that wasn't Zach. Only God knew that. Only God could have spoke that to me. And so I, I just I tell you that not to toot my horn. I tell you that because the faith um, that is built in yourself and others is so much greater than the fear if we will step out of the boat. Well, I love what Matthew ten twenty eight says. Says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy uh, both soul and body in hell. If you're not watching the Chosen season three. Stop what you're doing after this podcast and watch it's it. So good, but I I wonder. We are so afraid of what people will think. Not even like what they'll physically do to us. We're just afraid of what they might say about us or think about us. And um, I we so devalue God. We do not revere Him. We don't. Uh, we do not stand in awe of God because if we did, we wouldn't be so afraid of what people are going to say or think about us. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I remind us, like you serve the God of the universe, the one who came up with the idea of stars, which is balls of fire that just hang in the air. That's that's the God that you serve that mm-hmm. created the universe that goes on and on. And when we allow a person to define us, then we we transfer authority from God to people. Yeah. And they get to have authority over us. And then we're just building the kingdom for the enemy. And so I just I just want to remind you, like we talk about being afraid. You were not given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. That sound mind to not operate and be afraid, but to look into a situation, hear clearly the voice of God and operate in obedience. That is a that is a right at like your heritage. Like that is something you get. Jesus already died. You don't have to wait until you achieve something. He is not going to die again for you to get your inheritance. And that's part of your inheritance as a son or a daughter of the king. That's right. I wish we could talk about that for forever. But what, one last one, which builds on the pod, the last podcast, which is prayerlessness. And I know prayer can be a challenging deal. If you're new to the mm. podcast, the last episode is on prayer. I think it's really helpful. Uh, but G- prayer mattered to Jesus. Jesus, one, one of the great, you know, Jesus used parables or stories to help us understand. And he says, he tells a parable in, in Luke 18 about the importance of prayer. And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they would always, to pray, and they should always pray and not give up. And so there, again, it's something my dad says I love. He calls it punching holes in the darkness. But if 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 you don't if you don't see like some some grit in your prayer life, then <clears throat> you maybe have you you not maybe you have a lower view of power and what God can do than you should. Um, if you're never praying for the lost, if you're never praying for healing, if you're never praying for uh, for God to move at your church or, or these these different things, then uh, again, where are you manifesting that? If you go back to the last one, like this prayer is supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's supernatural. And when so, it's communion with God, and you want to experience the things of God, then you need to be in His presence. You've got to be with Him. That's right. Well, I mean, you won't if you're not reading the Word, and you're certainly not praying and and talking to God. You're not going to recognize His voice when He tells you to take a step into a step of faith into a place where God would have to move. You know, you talked about it earlier, like hey, just not stepping into or being in situations where God would have to do something. Yeah. You're not going. You're not even going to be able to recognize it. Yeah. And so, hey, I, I know we're at our time, but 
Um, again, your purpose is to win your world. So to build a win-win culture in your life, two simple steps, what is next and who is next. So just to give you some uh, steps towards power this week, first on what is next, on, on, on what is next, I want to ask you to pick which of the five things do you, do you struggle with most? Which of those five things that hold believers back from power do you struggle with most? And give it to God. Give it to Him. Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it sin? Is it prayerlessness? What is, what is it ignorance? What is it? And then throw yourself into it. What is next? Pick one of those and pursue it. And the next one of who is next. And I, I just, I just want to ask you um, around who is next. Right now, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind a situation in your life with a person where God needs to move. And I'm going to ask you to talk to God about that person, but then I'm going to ask you to get crazy and talk to that person and pray with that person that God would move. And, and know, it talks about in James 5, the prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Yeah. It is powerful. So that is the win-win steps, the what is next and who is next for this week. Uh, we love you guys, and we know mm-hmm. biblically Jesus said it, not us, that your purpose is to win your world. And so go out, discover your purpose, and win your world this week. We love you. We'll see you next week.